Welcome to the Cleansing Word Podcast with Pastor Kevin of Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa. Join us as we go through the Bible as we encourage your walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, visit us at cclv.org. And please share and subscribe to this podcast. Now, let's hear a message from God's Word. Good morning. So, as John asked me to teach today, I just, it's fall, and uh, my topic today is rooted in Christ. And I was just thinking about uh, trees in general. Uh, Friday, spent some time picking up a bunch of leaves around. A bunch more here to pick up if anyone wants to come and pick them up. <laughs> um, but I've, I've always liked trees. Growing up, um, we had a, a tree in our front yard that I would climb. Um, it was always that marker in, our, in my family's life that you could uh, reach the branch. You could jump up and grab that branch and uh, get up into the tree. Uh, it was a it was a great climbing tree. Uh, it had a long straight branch, kind of I don't know I would say maybe six seven feet off the ground, um, and from there you could get up into the tree and get higher than a house. We we had a one story house and uh, we could you could get higher than the house. Up in that tree, you could see pretty far. Um, so it was always fun. I remember me and my cousin having races. We would time ourselves to get to a certain point up the tree, up and down. Um, but I was, also, you know, thinking about rooted in Christ. I was thinking back to uh, 2011 here on the property, and we lost, I don't know how many trees, a bunch of trees, 10 plus at least. Uh, and we were. I was burning another stump, um, the old cross. That was from that time, too. That tree went down where Pastor John carved the cross, and the cross fell apart. But um, So I've been burning the stump. Um, and it reminded me of back in 2011 when we were burning the one stump closer to the church on that same area of the property on the island that we call it. But you could... When we burnt that stump, about you know, 10, 15 feet out, you could feel the heat because the the fire had gone down the root system, <laughs> and you could um, feel it out there. Um, so, you know, roots are roots of a tree are there to stabilize. To um, they they're there for strength to hold the tree in place where it is growing. It's there to seek out nutrients, to seek out the water and the uh, nutrients from the soil, to be able to grow the tree, to nourish the tree. And so we, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, as the title says, we need to be rooted in Christ. And in similar ways, we need to be fed and watered and um, be stable in Christ, um, being rooted in Him. My text 
main text, and I'm going to, I got a bunch of texts, but um, where I drew this from was Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And it says, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, be knit together in love, and attaining to all the riches of the fullness of assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. So we have here Paul writing to the to Colossians, and he is laying out that you know his desire um, for them, that he could go see them, that he would be with them. He wants to grow them, to encourage them. He wants them to be knit together in love, attaining to all the riches of the fullness, assurance of understanding. You know, to have that understanding of God, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. And so he wants the fullness of God to be for the Colossians and as as for us also. And he continues in verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So all the wisdom, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in God. Um, recently we went through the book of Proverbs with the, um, with the youth group and we've now gone into Romans the last month. Uh, but in the book of Proverbs, I emphasized over and over that you know the, the under, to have that understanding of wisdom, to have the wisdom first, to gain that wisdom. But not only to gain it, you can know something, and it does no no good in your life if you don't have that understanding. And once you have that understanding, you can apply it to your life and use it in your life. And so. This is what God offers us, that he offers us the wisdom and the knowledge of life, of eternal life. Paul continues in verse 4 and says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So he's a warning here that we should watch out for deception, for people who want to deceive with per pervasive words. And we see this in our world today, that it's, it's full of this content, that people want to change your view, want to change your, your who you are, the way you think, they want it to form into their views and their way of thinking that they can manipulate and use that for their own benefit, power, and strength to pursue and promote and push agendas, policies, and um, changes in our world that draws from Christ.
So we are to be in that wisdom and knowledge of our Lord. And as it'll say in a bit, you know, that key word being rooted in Christ. We can, as I said, like being, as a tree is rooted in the ground for strength and stability, but also to be fed and watered, that we have that that standard we have as Jesus is portrayed as the rock of our salvation. We have that permanence in Christ that we can rely on, that we can be fortified in. We can be rooted in Christ so that we are not moved by the words of this world, by the arguments, and as it will say, philosophies, of this world, but we have the truth of God in and through Jesus Christ and his word, the Bible, that we would have that knowledge, that wisdom to stay strong, to stand strong, know what God says about the things of this world and how we should be living, acting, speaking, thinking, rather than the falseness of the persuasive words that we hear from the world. Paul desires to be with them, but he knows, he ensures them that he's with them in spirit and that he rejoices to see their good order, not disorder, as the world pursues and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. The winds and the waves come in this world and we are we need to stand and be steadfast in Christ. We are to be in him, having that faith in him that that he has us in the palm of his hand that he has us, that we are rooted in him. Stay steadfast in Christ. Verse 6 tells us, As you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. So we're to come to faith in Jesus Christ. We're to then practice our faith, to walk in it through Christ. Walk in him. And verse 7 is where we get that rooted in Christ, rooted and built up in him. So as the roots grow and as they spread, the tree continues to get bigger, right? And it continues to grow and to flourish, um, to grow more branches, to get taller, to continue to produce what to come to that point where it's going to be mature and produce uh, whether it's fruit which would contain its seed or it would, or seeds um, such as an acorn or or the maple seed um, used to call those helicopters we would always call those helicopters because you could flow them, throw them up and they'd uh, float down like a helicopter um 
That's a perfect picture for us that as we walk in Christ, as we grow in Christ, and we mature in Christ, that we too are to grow and reach out with our branches, but also produce a fruit, a seed, that others can see the goodness of Christ in our life, that they also can have that hope that they can, we can spread those seeds of Christ and we pray that they would grow in others so that they too can be rooted in Christ and be saved. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You know, thanksgiving's coming up and we shouldn't wait to Thanksgiving to give thanks, but always give thanks, abounding in it with Thanksgiving. I mean, each day that God allows us to wake up, sit up, and breathe in this world, you know, we should be giving thanks throughout that day that the Lord of hosts would uh, allow us this life to live in and through him. And, you know, we've already kind of touched on this about the world and its philosophies and its ways that it wants to curb us, turn us, and diminish what we have in Christ and go their way. And Paul warns of this in verse 8. He says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So that's that contrast. The world's philosophies versus Christ. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Are we allowing the world to influence, influence us, to mold our ways in this life or are we in Christ are we rooted in Christ and are we staying in that steadfastly as we read I had a friend in uh, college his name's Nathan Gunn and he took a philosophy class and we were hanging out he had to write a paper and he wrote it from a biblical perspective and uh, turned it in and uh, I can't I I don't think he got the grade he wanted (laughs) Um, and I think the professor kind of tore his paper up Um, not literally but you know (laughs) that red pen Um, and he was a he was a musician and so he came home and we um and he wrote a song. I don't remember the whole song, but he titled it Philosophy is a Joke. <laughs> um, and that was kind of the chorus. <laughs> um, I, th- I think, oh, I do remember, yeah, the chorus was something like Philosophy is a Joke. Ha ha, it makes me laugh. <laughs> um, 
all these years ago. That was like a long time ago. Um, but I always remember that when I think of philosophy. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's, but that's the battle that we have in this world, right? That between the things of men and the things of God. And we have the truth. There has to be that one truth. And it is Jesus Christ. And so the world can throw all these uh, positions and um, thoughts and uh, distortions of reality and truth. But we, as believers in Jesus Christ, need to stand and have those deep roots in Christ. In why Christ? Because verse 9 tells us, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. We're complete in Christ. We don't need this world. We don't need the things of this world. We're complete in Christ. When when things aren't going right, when when we don't feel complete, when we when we feel less, then God sees us. You know, this is comfort. This is encouragement to us that we can take those words. You are complete in Him because He's the head of all principality and power. He's Almighty God who saves, not just a little bit, but fully and completely. He saves us, and he sustains us, and he waters us, and he nourishes us. We just have to take and eat. We have to take and drink of his word, of his spirit. In the 90s, before I moved out here, and and going even going back to high school, I I had ambitions of becoming a pharmacist, and I did all the right things. I had good good grades in high school. I applied to one school, University of Buffalo, one of the top pharmacy schools in the nation. Um, got in that school, did my first couple of coursework, years of coursework, did pretty well well enough to get into the actual school pharmacy. And, um, uh, but it that was my plan, and God changed it with a year that um, I learned a lot from. And just to keep that story short, um, during that time, um, I started an internship at a hospital uh, and was doing my pharmacy internship there. Um, before I um, wasn't in pharmacy school anymore. So once I was out of pharmacy school, four years of college, no degree, uh, but um, I waited on the Lord after that and eventually went back, got my social work degree, just to complete that story. And 
ended up out here after meeting a lovely lady. Um, but uh, at the going back to the hospital and working, I worked there for, uh, I don't know, eight years? I think eight years until I moved out here. Um, and so it, um, it was good. I mean, even after I wasn't an intern anymore, I was a, what they called a pharmacy assistant. And um, one of the pharmacists, I just remember her talking about me, um, one of the pharmacists. And she, I don't know if she was a believer, um, but she used the phrase, um, Kevin's like a tree planted by the water. <laughs> he doesn't move. <laughs> He's not swayed. Um, because there was, eh, I mean, it was a typical work environment. Um, you know, the guys who worked there were, they were good guys, but they were rough, kind of, you know, kind of rough around the edges. Not, not bad, not terrible, but they would always kid, oh, we're going to take you to the strip club. We're going to take you out on the town. Um, because they, they knew who I was. Because they saw it, and um, they, um, they, in their, you know, in their kidding and um, in their mind, you know, joking ways, they were they were trying to persuade me to change me to to move me from my spot. And um, so Psalm one one through six, um, I titled this, Planted by Rivers of Water. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's key. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like sh chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So we have this picture, and uh, the picture that I chose for the slide today, it, uh, it's a, I thought that was a good picture of this. Like It's, it's growing basically on rocks. <laughs> um, it's growing on the rocks, but it its roots are are spread out from there, and it's you know getting its its uh, nutrients from the water, and sure it, it would have to go out to the land too, but it's it's being watered, it's being fed. Um, it's like a tree planted by the river of water. Now trees like that water. Um, they flourish 
in the water. And so do we as as believers in Christ that as we're watered by by the Word, by by the Holy Spirit, as we'll see that the Holy Spirit is described as water in Scripture. You know, here on the property, we've, we're we're going to have to probably cut down a few trees in the coming years because they're not getting their proper um, nutrients. They're not getting their prop enough water. Uh, the roots have been cut, uh, especially the ones along the road. When they a couple years ago they redid the ditches and they reshaped those. Um, ditches and cut into uh, the roots. And so, you know, the trees aren't getting their proper uh, nutrition, their proper watering um, for lack of roots and um, position that they've been put in. But we should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And the contrast is that the ungodly are not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away, blows away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. No. Those who are righteous are those who have been saved by Jesus Christ and have put on the righteousness of God. It's not our righteousness, but it's our righteousness through Christ. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We talked about the philosophies and the ways of this world. That is all going to perish. Only the truth of God will stand. Those who reject Christ, they will perish. The ungodly shall perish. But those who believe will be in the congregation of the righteous. We are made right through the righteousness of Christ. Trouble comes in this world, and we are to not fear or be anxious in these times of trouble. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 13 tells us, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes his flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, which is not inhabited. And the contrast, I I love all these contrasts that the Bible gives us. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. So that same phrase we just saw in the Psalm 1, 1 through 6. We hear it also here in Jeremiah 17. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought because it's by the water. It has its source of life. 
And that comes, drought comes in our life. We have to plug in to the water of life. We have to go to Christ and be watered. Allow Him to water our life that our drought goes away and we have the abundance in Christ. So He doesn't fear the year of drought because He's plugged in to the water nor will cease from yielding fruit. That's That should be our goal, is that we should be producing fruit for the Lord. He says in verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So what is your fruit? I mean, that's what kind of that question is with this phrase. It says, according to the fruit of his doings. God's going to give us, uh, according to His our ways, according to the fruit of our doings, you know, what kind of fruit are we producing? Verse 11, as a partridge that broods but does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by right, so one who cheats to get riches. It will leave him in the midst of his days, and at the end, he will be a fool. So the foolishness of not being in Christ, but going our own ways, cheating our way through life. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Our Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. This is interesting. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth. That's not where you want to be written. You want to be written in the book of life, the land's book of life. Because why are they written in the earth? Because they have forsaken the Lord. They're dry. They're living in the deserts of this world. But we are to live in the Lord. And who is the Lord? He's the fountain of living waters, this verse says. The fountain of living waters. We can't live without water. We can't live without Christ truly live that abundant life that he offers us as we believe on him. As I stated, water is often depicted, the Holy Spirit, sorry, is often depicted as water. Isaiah 44, 1 through 5 tells us, Yet hear now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you, Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants, my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows 
by the watercourses. One will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand, the Lord's. The name himself by the name of Israel. So we have here depicted the Holy Spirit uh, as water. He says, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants. I mean, this specifically is talking about Israel. But we know that the Holy Spirit is for all who believe. John 14, 13 and 14 tells us, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So this is from the woman at the well when Jesus asked her for a drink of water. And he tells her these things that he can give her living water that comes to everlasting life. John 7, 37-39 On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we have, you know, specific scripture detailing out that correlation between water and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus stating that we can come to him when we're thirsty and drink and we'll have flows of rivers of living water out of our hearts. Water is essential for life. It's essential for growth. We need to have the Lord pour the Holy Spirit, pour that water of everlasting life continually into our lives, that we would continually be filled with him. Next section, I titled Trust in God and Think on These Things. Back in Jeremiah, it talks about that the tree would not be anxious in the year of drought because it's planted by the rivers of water. And so Philippians 4, 4 through 9 It's a favorite section of scripture for me because it talks about that anxiousness and how we can trust in God. Trust in God and think on these things. Philippians 4, 4 4 tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. So over and over have that joy in the Lord. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, again, going into the Thanksgiving season, you know, are we complaining to the Lord? Are we just, you know, 
venting to the Lord always or are we thankful for what he has given us? I think when we focus on being thankful for what we have, it changes our perspective on situations. Because when we get into focusing on what we don't have in a situation, that brings us down, that brings us to looking at ourself when we're in those situations. Um, when we think about what we don't have, whether it's something physical or relational relational or whatever it is, the lack of whatever we're feeling that focuses on ourself um, instead of focusing when we're in thanksgiving, we're focusing on being thankful for what we have. And that's important because I know when I get over here in the focusing on myself and what lack of whatever that is, I know my attitude is not good. But when I'm over here in thankfulness, I, I know my attitude is, is much better. And that we need to recognize when we're over here to move back over here into thankfulness. And with that thankfulness, you know, we, the verse continues and says, Let your request be made known to God. He knows our situation anyways. He knows what we need or what's going on. Just give it over to him. Let him handle it. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for us. Allow him to work in the situation. Look for God in the situation. Because he is there. And when we do all these things, when we approach in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, letting our requests be known to God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What a promise that is, that peace of God surpasses anything this world can offer us as comfort will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then the things we should be thinking upon. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul's saying, you know, my life has been a model for you. Follow these things. Follow Christ as I have followed Christ. He says at one point, you know, we can be that model for each other too. That as we live this life following Christ, may we encourage one another and be um Christ for each other, that Christ would work through us, each, encouraging each of us, that we would um, be 
ambassadors for Christ and encouragers to the brethren. And as we talked about earlier, that a tree will grow and it will produce fruit, whether it's just the seeds so that it, it could reproduce itself um, into more trees, or if it's fruit um, that has um, function for nutrients for us or animals, um, you know, we're to produce fruit as the trees produce that fruit. Mark 11, 12 through 14, and then 20 through 24 says this, and On the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, Jesus was hungry, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if it perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And so he cursed the tree. And um, down, skipping down to 20, it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has weathered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever you things you ask when you pray, believe that you would receive them, and you will have them. And that these verses are often misappropriated by people in the church, um, the name it and claim it crowd. Um, but we are to have faith and we are to line up our requests with the word of God, with his will. Um, you know, I don't think uh, God wants me to have a private chat. <laughs> um, but there are those out there that would say, if you just believe, you would get that private chat. And the falseness of those sections um, of those so called churches, um, you know, misrepresent this and misrepresent Christ and the scriptures here. But we are to have faith and we are to allow God to work in our life and to line up our requests with God's will, with, with the word of God. If it goes against the word of God, why would he give it to us? And so we are to line up his will um, with ours in, in how we act and how we pray and, and what we are asking for. The fig tree, um, Jesus uses it as, you know, to show the disciples' faith but it also is that if a tree is not producing what it should be producing, it is of no use. And so 
it was dried up. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't doing what it was supposed to. Do. It wasn't producing what it was supposed to be producing. And we are to produce that fruit. And we have in Galatians five sixteen through twenty six the fruit of the spirit. And Paul tells us, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So all those things we talked about earlier, about the things of this world, we're to walk in the Spirit, not in the world. And as we walk in the Spirit, we are not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. So we have this battle, the spiritual battle going on in our lives. The flesh versus spirit. And the spirit should be uttermost. And the flesh buried. For the flesh lusts after the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So again, this great contrast between um, the sins of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. We're to beat down the flesh and walk in the Spirit. And before Christ, you know, our flesh is uppermost. Our soul and then the spirit is is buried. But when we become believers in Jesus Christ, our, the order flips, and the spirit comes up most, and the flesh is buried. We need to keep it buried. And when it tries to raise its ugly head, we need to you know, go to Christ. We need to um, resist the temptations of this of sin. And, you know, bury it, bury the flesh, and live in the Spirit. And we are to wake up and walk in the light. Ephesians 5, 8 through 14 tells us, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world, in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful 
even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Maybe be ones planted by the rivers of water that we're having the Lord pour His Spirit on us continually, that we're in His Word being watered and nourished by His Word, that we are walking through this world in and through Christ, that we're rooted in Him, and that we are not sleeping, but we are awake, and not woke, but we're awake in Christ. And we are walking in His light, not the darkness that the world hides in a false light, but the true light of Christ. Trees need light too. They need that to change the nutrients to food for themselves. So we need the light of Christ. We need to be washed by the water of his word. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us as God in us. We need to be planted by the rivers of living water that lead to everlasting life. Let us stay rooted in Christ, not be swayed, not be moved, but live this life for him, awake and in his light. While the worship team comes, let us go to the prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we can come to you our source of life. Lord, continue to water us, to nourish us, to grow us, mature us in our faith. Lord, we want to see mountains moved. Lord, there's there's things in each of our lives that, Lord, that we all have concerns about. Lord, we give them to you. Lord, help us not to have the anxiousness of this life, but the peace that you give us. Lord, there's mountains in this world that we pray that you would move, Lord. We pray that you would move our country closer to you once again, Lord. That your church would rise up, your church would wake up and live in the light. And that your light would shine through your church, brighter than ever. Lord, our country needs a U-turn, Lord. And that can only come from, from your work. Lord, we know that tribulation is to come and that times could possibly even get tougher than now. But we trust in you we pray that you would help us 
continue to be rooted in you, that our roots would be deep and we would not be swayed. Lord, we do pray for Israel in their time of need. Lord, we pray that your spirit, as it promises in the scripture, would be poured out on them, that many would come to be followers of you, Lord, the, the true Messiah. And Lord, we pray for all those, even for the Palestinians, Lord, who go against your people, that, Lord, people like Hamas, that, Lord, you would work in their hearts, Lord, and they would turn. And they would believe in you, the true Savior. Lord, we thank you that we could come to you in all things. We could come to you this day. And Lord, again, Lord, we pray as we sing, as we often sing, pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your spirit, Lord. We give you thanks and praise this day as we rejoice over and over in you. Lord, we are thankful. And we love you. Thank you for your love for us, poured out on the cross. You are our Lord and Savior, our God, who is mighty to save. May we go forth and just be uh, your ambassadors, that you would work through us to all that we meet, that we would encourage each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. Help us to be that family, your family. Lord, help us to be awake and live in and through you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you.